Welcome to Beauty Uncut, the podcast. I'm Kayla. And I'm Ian. And we're here to bring a new perspective to health, beauty, and wellness. I know I said it wrong. I just can't get it. It's the new order. That's fine. Yeah. What is it? Beauty, health, and wellness. Beauty, health, and wellness is what we had originally decided on, but I'm happy for you to... It's now been more times health, (laughs) beauty, and wellness, and I think that's the new order. I'm just going rogue. Like, anyway, you get the gist. So not sure if we're going to put out video content, but if we do, you're going to get a fright of your life because I just had an ablative, would you say semi-ablative laser? Semi-ablative. Laser yesterday. And I feel like I'm looking so swollen and red, but I did just put tinted moisturizer on. I'm actually a little bit disappointed about that because I was hoping you'd just go full on red and embrace it for the day. Yeah. I'm so swollen. I feel like I can't even recognize my face. But anyway, and you had a microneedling RF treatment. Yeah, yeah. I had mine two days ago. Yeah, so you're fine. So still red. I'm still red, but not as, obviously that treatment's not as aggressive as what you had. Yes. He promised me he'd be just as red on camera and he's not, but no. that's okay. Right. Anyways, so we're talking about my favorite topic today because we spoke about yours last week. Yeah. I don't even know if that's yours. It's my favorite One topic of, of yours, which is acne. This is like your baby. I feel this, like I know through I the whole that. podcast, you've. To say how much you love acne. I do. Like I don't love it for myself, but I love treating it. And I mean, as everyone knows, I no longer treat, but when I was treating, acne is all I treated. Mm. So like I didn't treat pigment, I didn't treat aging, I only treated acne. Yeah, right. So what happened to I think come I to just the fell into it. Like I had some hormonal breakouts when I was in school and that's how I got into beauty because I was like, that was, I don't know, I just got into it because of that. And then I remember I was working for a dermatologist and I had an acne patient. Yeah. And I just remember seeing his confidence from his first appointment to his last appointment. I was like, wow, I like that feeling. And I then just kind of put all of my, you know how you do extra study on things? Like I know like some people do extra study on pigment and stuff. I did mine on acne. Were most of the patients that you saw adolescents or were there adults or was it kind of a mix? It was a mix. I would say though most of my clients were between the ages of 18 to 25. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that's a little... Older like than I would have expected. Yes. Yeah. To, I didn't teach te- teenagers. I yeah. also just, I was going to say I don't like them, but. <laughs> and, um, and so with, with that age group, 18 to 25, were you finding that people had tried other treatments for acne before or was this their first time in, in many cases? No, I tried. And so like, because I worked for a dermatologist, I found a lot of them had been on Accutane and medication. And as soon as they come off it, they were getting reoccurring acne. So yeah. we're like, let's find that root cause and let's try and treat it holistically first before we go back onto the Rakutane train, which I have no qualms with um, Rakutane, but I just think sometimes you need to try other things first. Well, it's not the magic bullet. And I think it's that's, not, yes. we keep coming back to that. And I think that's one of your main criticisms of acne treatment in general is that that's the only thing that people seem to to go for. And I get it because Rakutane, you're on it and it immediately clears your break. Well, not yeah. immediately, like it, but within the first three months, it will clear your breakout. Mm-hmm. But it's just as soon as you come off it, it's yeah. comes. It seems to come back. A lot of people get that reoccurring infection. Well, it's not a permanent fix. Yes, but like, I think it's like sold everything. as a permanent fix. Yeah, and I think that that's a mistake too. Like everything, you know, we talk about the multimodality treatment. Acne has to be multimodality also. For sure. And I think if you are going to go on like medication like Roaccutane or antibiotics, you need to pair that with skincare, diet, yeah. reducing stress and all of that. And then when you come off it, like getting onto those in-clinic treatments straight away to help, you know, yeah. treat that condition. But I remember when I had 
when I was suffering with hormonal breakouts when I was in high school, I remember thinking, I'm going to get to 18 and never see a breakout again. I think a lot of people thought that. And I thought that as well. And I was like, then I get to 18 and it's like my skin almost became a little bit worse. And I think it was because I was partying, going out, not sleeping. There was like a whole multitude of things. And it was shell shocking for me because I was like, what the hell? I'm an adult now. Exactly. Like this is supposed to be teenage, a teenage years problem, only. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I was actually reading a point over their lifestyle, like 50. Yeah. Yeah. And you can have, it's actually a bimodal distribution sometimes where you've got it when you're a teenager and then it goes away and you think, great. And then as you get older, it comes back again. Yep. And I think there's certain things throughout your life, like I know pregnancy and menopause that can also trigger these hormonal conditions as well. Yeah. I think a lot of acne comes from hormone imbalances and that's why it's known as an adolescent issue usually, Mm -hmm. but any changes in hormones, as you say, from pregnancy. And that's why with the birth control pill, that's often prescribed as a a treatment because you're modulating those hormones. Yeah. Well, we've done an episode way back when we first started about what is acne, what are the grades of acne. So if you haven't listened to that, I would recommend listening to it. But basically I feel like the cause of acne is mostly inflammation, block pores, excess sebum, and then it can be worsened by external factors like stress, your hormones, diet, incorrect skincare, medication. And it's interesting because if you look at all of those extra things that can worsen acne, they all relate. It all comes back to inflammation. Inflammation. And that's the same with aging. Like when we spoke about it last week, inflammaging, like a lot of inflammation can cause ex- external aging on the skin. And I guess that's the same for acne. A lot Inflammation is acne. And as you know, from our previous conversations, inflammation is the root cause of aging. So that chronic inflammation that slowly builds up over time. And I would say it's one of the root causes of, of acne. acne as well. So when I talk about acne with like patients or with my friends or family or anything Mm -hmm. like that, I always use, well, I feel like I didn't know this, but I feel like when I think back to it, I use your approach of like, you need to look at your diet. You need to look at your stress. You need to look at all of these things. So I think we should maybe start with diet. Would you say? I think that's a good idea. I think that approach is good because you've got to look at what can you control right now. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are quick to say, I'm going to go straight to to the doctor and see, you know, get them to fix it. That's the thing. But what can you control in your own life without even leaving the house, first of all? Yeah. So I know a diet high in, is it called high GI? No. (laughs) High GI diet. Oh, is that right? Which is sugar. Sugar. Yep. What else is it? So GI is glycemic index. Yes. Can you probably explain that? Because I understand what foods you can and can't eat or not can't, but like not, you know, you're supposed to limit and I know it increases like your insulin, insulin, which um, increases inflammation. But what can you explain it a bit more? Yeah. So with the, the GI, the high GI, low GI, what you're looking at is how quickly your body produces insulin in response to the sugar that's in whatever you've ingested. So if you're eating lollies or, or just sugar, you're going to get a quick spike in insulin and that's going to then come down if you eat like vegetables. Vegetables, yeah. So you're going to have a slower release of insulin in the body. Therefore, the inflammation is not going to be as severe. Right. So when you get that spike quickly, you get that more inflammation. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then that inflammatory acne. Yeah. And you can get those spikes. You can get quick spikes 
over and over again, depending on your diet. Okay. So some of those foods would include obviously your sugars, like your lollies, mm-hmm. chocolate, et cetera. But is it white carbs as well? Yes. Yes. So white bread, you know, historically everyone's like, don't eat white bread because it's high GI. Right. And then our low GI foods are our fruit. Oh, actually is fruit? Fruit is actually one of those gray area things. So it can, it's, so it's it, in the it, middle almost? It does. Yeah. It, it is relatively high GI though. Yeah. If you're looking at purely the, the insulin release. Right. And is it, is it a quick as a high as it is with a like a block of chocolate or is it? Depends on the, the right. fruit. Right. So if someone is suffering with acne, would you recommend just like cutting back on the fruit as well? Definitely. I wouldn't say, yeah. you know, go and eat a whole bunch of oranges, yeah. for instance. I would say, you know, again, moderation. Everything yeah. comes back to moderation, but reduce that if you are trying to deal with an acute breakout. Yeah. So more so eating your brown breads and rice and things like that, your vegetables, and also increasing your essential fatty acid intake, which is like your avocados, your nuts, fish. That's also really good for acne. That's it. So getting, if you think about that food pyramid, and there's a lot of criticism about the food pyramid and how it should be built, that's actually a good way to look at low GI and acne treatments if you follow that model. There's not a lot of research on this, so it's a little bit hard to kind of speak about it, but dairy, and I'm sure if you suffer with acne, you would know it can often make your skin more aggravated. And the research that I've done is because of the hormones in In cow milk. milk. Yeah, I think people are, there's several different opinions about it. And I think the hormone theory is one. I think how your body breaks down the milk sugars is another one because- Oh, is there sugar in milk? Yeah. Oh, that's what, sugar and everything. So, so lactose, Christ. lactose is a sugar. Oh, okay. And so how people metabolize that actually affects their right. brain as well. So it's a multitude of things. That's right. Everything's yeah. multi, isn't it? It is. And then we were actually talking about this before. Hmm. I did not know this, but I didn't know there was sugar in alcohol. So we were talking specifically about wine. Yes. Well, well, oh, across the board, there's sugar in, in all alcohol. I was like, yeah, of course, if you go out at night and you have a cocktail, whatever. But then I would always be like, okay, well, I know drinking cocktails makes my skin worse. Yeah. I'll drink a vodka soda. Yeah. Didn't know. Oh, oh, wine. Did not know that there was sugar. I mean, so that's so stupid of the, me. The but. metabolism of alcohol increases your blood sugar, just like just like eating, eating sugar. Eating sugar. Right. Yeah. So it has a similar composition. Yeah. And that's that's just the metabolism. So that's if you're drinking pure ethanol, pure alcohol, whatever specific drink you're having also contains an amount of sugar. So if you're having your vodka cruisers, for instance, lots of sugar in that. How'd you know I drink vodka cruisers? (laughs) (laughs) I know you. (laughs) If you're drinking wine, red wine, there is sugar in that from the grapes. Again, you have to think about the fruit Mm. that went into that. So that's something that I think a lot of people forget about is when they are, especially when you're an adult, like mm-hmm. if you're suffering with adult acne, like you do your skincare, you do your wine every night. I think yep. a lot of people probably forget that because I know until I spoke to you just before, I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, that didn't even click in my head. Well, what's interesting, you know, as I said, all alcohol increases the blood sugar level, but it also, it's compounded by whatever the source of that alcohol mm-hmm. is. So wine obviously is going to be worse than say, whiskey or scotch because you're looking at a grain-based spirit. Same with vodka, potatoes, right? So you're not looking at something that's high GI to begin with. Okay. So from diet, I would say we move into stress. And this is not something that I feel like everyone can control. 
But stress releases certain hormones like cortisol and is it androgens or something? So androgens affect your oil glands. Yeah. Stress, I wouldn't say stress releases androgens. Everyone has some level of circulating But stress does release cortisol, which can affect your glands to produce more oil and create more inflammation. And it also, I think, makes things a little bit more sluggish as well. Oh, well, it's, it's the metabolism of your skin, yeah. So it slows the, the whole process down because yes. of that inflammation. And then that reduces like your healing response and things like that. So I think a combination of all mm. of those together just is a bit of a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And it's, it, it doesn't, it's not the lead cause of acne, but it can worsen your mm. acne. Yeah. And so you're talking about obviously internal stressors as opposed to external stressors. That's right. What can, this is probably the thing that I get annoyed about most. It's like stress less. How the fuck am I supposed to stress less? Tell me. That's a great question and I haven't figured that out yet. Yes. But maybe we should get a, a wellness guru on the podcast at some point to talk about that. I think that would actually be really interesting. We should. But like I just think about meditating and I just couldn't think of anything worse than sitting there and being like in my own presence and listening mm. to my own thoughts. Like that would make me more stressed. Well, I think someone like yourself, for instance, who has difficulty with quiet, it's going to be very hard, right? I yes. think you've got to get to that point where you can – and even me – I have no problem with silences, but if I'm meditating, I'm just then thinking. I'm thinking yeah. about the day, I'm thinking about work, I'm thinking about what I have to do. So it's very hard to just be in that moment. And I think it requires a lot of practice. Yeah. I hate silence. Like I can, I, I find it so uncomfortable. And then I overthink it. I'm like, if I'm in a room full of like yoga people, I'm like, are they thinking this is really awkward? Cause like this silence is killing me. Would you say exercise is a form of, stress relief is that the right yes yeah and a lot of people are prescribed exercise as ways to stress less so is that because it distracts you from what you're doing or is it because exercise is good for the body well i think one of the things is it gives you something to do to keep busy and so you're focused on that the other thing is when you exercise you release those endorphins that make you feel better they make you feel calm and so that's probably the main mechanism All right. So I feel like we've covered like the internal things. So like Mm. diet, stress, let's move on to external. Actually, it's still internal. And I can't talk about this because I'm not a doctor, but prescription medication. Yes. So there's a whole array of things that you can get prescribed by your GP or your dermatologist, which include like, you know, tretinoin for topical, if you're benzol, peroxide, Mm. the pill, antibiotics and racutane. Yep. So all of those things. You're trying to control the amount of oil that is coming out of your oil glands because that's part one of controlling acne, the regulation of that sebum and oil production. The other thing is regulation of your skin turnover. So Roaccutane is in the retinoid family. So mm-hmm. very similar to you know when we talk about retinols and it's a stronger version of that. And so because of that, it's gonna be very effective at controlling blockage of pores and glands but it also comes with side effects. Yes, which is like incredibly dry lips, dry skin, dry eyes. I also know at one point throughout the years, it was actually pulled from the market for suicide. Really? Yeah. Okay. Was I hope that... I didn't make that up. Let me just quickly Google that. I'm pretty sure <laughs> That's it was- interesting. Was that just in Australia as um, far as you know? Let me just have a quick Google just to make sure I've just not dreamt that. Rakuten pulled off market for suicide. 
Yeah, I think it was. I don't know what version of it was, but suicide's linked to acne, acne drug, racutane. I think that's why you, they have to check like your mental health and make sure you're yeah, stable right. and everything like no, that. No, that's interesting because I hadn't heard that. I don't think that's something that a lot of people talk about mm-hmm. nowadays, especially in dermatology when they're prescribing it a lot. I don't know if that discussion happens. I think it my when I went on Rakuten mm. for a hot minute there, my dermatologist did talk about it with me briefly. That's why I think I remember it. But you have to weigh up. Like if you have acne and you're suffering, you're you're depressed. Yeah. Like Yeah. I, I don't know that acne in and of itself is gonna be something that tips people over the edge, but obviously yeah. it's it adds to Yes. Imagine though like you're a teenager and you're so subtle. And if you have severe acne that affects you and your relationships. Yeah. What about, you were saying it's good for cell turnover and reducing inflammation, Mm. but what about the antibiotics? Does that kill the P. acnes bacteria? Yeah. So antibiotics target, that's the the main bacteria guilty of acne, but there are also other types of bacteria and and the antibiotics will stop them from reproducing. Mm -hmm. So that's what's called bacteriostatic. When you think about antibiotics, you have to have bacteriostatic or bacteriocidal drugs. Mm-hmm. So bacteriostatic drugs stop them from reproducing, and then you can control the bacteria that are there. Bacteriocidal actually kills them. And so different antibiotics have different mechanisms of how yeah. they control bacteria. Did not know that. Oh, and a, a lot of times with, with the bacteria, you need a combination approach, again, in the multimodality. So you have the antibiotics which stop them from proliferating, and then you can have your topical agents which actually kill them. Right. And so you'd have something like benzoyl peroxide. I don't know how popular that is in Australia, but it's very popular in the US. I remember when I was a teenager, it was quite popular, but I don't know if it is now. I feel like yeah. a lot of people are prescribing the antibiotics with like vitamin A. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so similar sort of mechanism, but what you're doing is stopping the bacteria from reproducing and then you're clearing the, clearing clearing the surface. Yeah. Okay. Do you know much about the pill? I don't really know how it regulates right okay well, i know right. it has to do with with oil production but yeah maybe we should get like a hormonal specialist on to talk about the pill because i know a lot of girls like went on it during high school mm. to manage their skin yeah. and then they all came off it and it was like their skin went and yeah. wreaked havoc yep again i think it's one of those while you're on it it's working things but yeah. it's not a fix it's yeah. like the roaccutane so this is where I feel like I'm more experienced in is treatments and mm. skincare. And I feel like you being on the podcast, you're probably ex- just as experienced now. So when I was treating, a lot of the time I would do blue LED, mm. which helps to reduce inflammation, but also it's antimicrobial. So it helps to kill the piacnus bacteria. Chloresca, which is kind of similar. It uses like a gel on the skin and it converts the red light into blue light or the blue light into red light or something. Yep. So you're getting both wavelengths. And then you've got your peels. And peels, some people either hate them mm. or love them. I'm a peel lover. Like right. I, that's all I really ever did was peels, mostly salicylic because yes. it is a strong acid, but it kills like it goes down into the pore to clear out the pore. It reduces oil, but it also helps to calm the skin as well. And I think people always forget that that when they think of peels, they think they're so aggressive yes, and they're they think dating. of the inflammation afterwards. Yeah, and I'm like, well, it actually calms the skin. It reduces inflammation, and I think there's a time and a place for everything. And what stage would you recommend the peel? Like, let's say someone had a very severe active acne breakout. Are you 
starting that peel straight away? Are you calming them down to a certain point before you Calming them down to a certain point. Like if they're super inflamed, Mm. I wouldn't go on with a salicylic. I just think it'll be too much. I would potentially do like a mandelic peel, which Mm. is super gentle. It's actually a AHA that acts like a BHA. So AHAs are typically a lot gentler on the skin, but they don't work as well for acne or I would do something like LED and Prin. Prin is really good to help with that lymphatic system, get everything kind of moving again, reducing inflammation. I think sometimes you have to get that skin to a certain point, not be so reactive before you go and treat it more aggressively. That's it. And and we talked about this yesterday with Prin and I said, Prin is something that is actually very useful for skin metabolism that I don't think about a lot. It's not at the forefront of my mind and it probably should be, and it should be at the forefront of a lot of treating practitioners, because if you can get the skin to a stable point, anything you do from then on is going to be more effective. For sure. I completely agree. And, but I, when I was originally, you know, treating, we didn't have print, we didn't have these enzyme masks. I wish we did because I feel like my patients would have gotten a far better and faster result Mm. um, than just going straight in with the peels. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you're looking at all of these treatments individually, it's like patients thinking about pain relief. When they think about Panadol, it's like, what's that going to do? It's not very strong. They want to go straight to the strong stuff. And I think the treatment of acne is very similar in that people don't care about the, the so-called lesser treatments. They want to go straight to the strong one, not realizing that the combination of the, the so-called lesser treatments is actually more effective. Yes. And not only is it going to treat like your acne, but it's also going to help with your acne scarring. It's also going to help with collagen stimulating. So anti-aging, there's actually so many more benefits to treating your skin with products and treatments and internal things than just jumping straight onto your medication. Yeah. Yeah, It's very easy to have the blinders on with treatment and say, I'm just going to fix this problem Mm -hmm. and not care about anything else around that. Yeah. Another thing to remember as well is when you're treating acne, it's like going to the gym. Actually, it's like treating any skin concern. It's like going to the gym. You can't just have one or two sessions and expect miracle results. It's a journey and it could take three months. It could take six months, could take 12, but you will eventually get to the point where you want to be. That's it. As long as you're making forward progress. Yes. And then home care. I think this is something that we're all really good at now, like these days, but I think people still forget that 70% of your results happen at home. And having a good structured skincare routine is what's going to help to accelerate those results at home, but also just manage your condition. So even if you go into your medication, have a structured routine so that you can manage your condition once coming off these medications. That's right. I think a lot of people need to remember that what you do most of the time is what's going to make the difference. And that's home care. Yeah. And something that I think is also important is while you might do aggressive treatments like chemical peels in clinic, you don't have to have an aggressive home care because aggressive like exfoliants every day will impair your barrier and will probably cause more inflammation and bacteria and cause breakouts. So I always say, you know, in clinic and then at home, have like a more gentle routine with maybe having an acid or a retinol a couple times a week. Yeah. Double cleansing I think is super important mm-hmm. and not a lot of people do it. But your first cleanse will remove like your dirt, your bacteria yeah. from the day, remove your sunscreen, and then your second cleanser will actually cleanse the skin. And we talked about this early on in the podcast because but prior to starting this, that's something that I'd never done, double cleansing and learning more about it, learning how you don't just wash your face twice. You use two different types. You use an oil-based 
cleanser, you yeah. might use a, and then a water base, a different, it's a different approach. Yes. If you're a makeup wearer, three cleansers is obviously best. But also when you're cleansing your skin and I'm guilty of this, sometimes I will literally cleanse my skin for 15 seconds because I mm. am lazy. But you're actually supposed to cleanse your skin for 60 seconds to get the most out of your cleanser and the ingredients that are actually in your cleanser as well. Do you know what I do now is actually the two minutes that, you do two minutes. that James Vivian talked about when oh we had him goodness. on the podcast. I'm not consistent with it, but when I wash my face now, I just say, hey, Siri. Set a timer for two minutes and I wash my face. Wow, go you. I have not yet mastered that. So, and then I think, you know, introducing like vitamin B is really good. Vitamin right. B, I think everyone should be on yeah. really good to help regulate oil flow, reduce mm. inflammation, keep your skin hydrated and like, you know, um, repair your barrier as well. I think yeah. morning and night, amazing. Vitamin A and salicylic acid also really good for acne yeah. but i just think sometimes you can overdo it so i think skin cycling you know yes. one night do your retinol have a break and just use like your b or like you know something hydrating then the next night do your salicylic mm. then a off night and then kind of keep it like that that way you're not overdoing the exfoliation you're not overdoing your skincare but yeah i want to do another episode on skin cycling later on in the podcast it'd be good to revisit that idea because i think a lot of people are getting on board that train, but need a bit of guidance. Yeah. And it'd be good to look at what products do you have? How can we combine them? What order we, do we do them in? Yeah. I think structuring your skincare routine is hard. I think everyone actually does skin cycle. Mm. It's just now a word that everyone uses, but I think it's hard to sometimes structure a routine yeah. or kind of be like, oh, well, where, I, where should I put my vitamin C? Where should I put my B? Mm. Sometimes it's hard to realize where those ingredients go. Yeah. And I know I walked into Mecca once and I remember this girl was recommending a vitamin C to someone at nighttime. And I'm like, no, yeah. vitamin C in the morning because it does X, Y, and Z. And you have to realize what your products and the ingredients are doing to make sense of your routine. Well, I feel like we just spoke about a lot. If yeah. you haven't listened to our acne episodes, like what is acne mm. and what are the different grades and all of that, I'd recommend going and watching that one because I feel like that was very educational based. And then yeah. I think you need the good foundation of, of what is acne first before you can look at how do I treat it and what lifestyle factors potentially can I change yeah. to treat. But moral of the story is... Try and have a low GI diet, mm -hmm. stress less, yep. drink less. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's just coming back to that reducing yes. inflammation. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously home care and then in-clinic treatments. Do you know actually before we go away, mm. we didn't speak about um, smoking and vaping. No, but I was thinking about it the whole time when we were talking about external stressors yes. and then we ended up moving on. Because I don't think a lot of people think about smoking and vaping, especially vaping. Mm. I know my mom, she doesn't have acne, but she's a smoker and she's got a lot of blackheads. And I definitely think this is because of smoking. Right. Okay. Yeah. But you were, we were talking about it before we started the podcast mm. about why it affects skin. Can you maybe talk about it a bit yeah, more? Yeah, well, smoking, vaping, it's very much the same for wound healing. It affects your microcirculation. And if you don't have good circulation at the skin surface, your skin is not going to function properly mm -hmm. from a metabolic standpoint. Therefore, it's going to be more inflamed and that's going to lead to that chain reaction. I think your skin becomes more sluggish. There's no circulation. Like you can just... I just feel like, you know, when you see a smoker, they look sluggish. It's just that dull, dull appearance of the skin. Yeah. You don't have the the glow. Yeah. And I think my generation doesn't think vaping is bad. They don't think vaping is bad for the skin, but 
it's just as bad, if not worse, if than not worse. smoking. Because there, there are a lot of added chemicals, again, contributing to inflammation. Yeah. All right. Are we done? Perfect. <laughs> you said it this time. Also, I just want to say if you're still here, I'm so sorry for my if you're listening to the video, watching the videos at the same time and my face looks really blank. I'm not blank. I'm just listening. This is after reviewing the footage. From yes, I literally looking at myself and I'm like, I look so uninterested. I look like no one's there. No one's at home, but I am at home. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening to today's episode on acne. All of the information will be in the description bar below and we'll see you in our next episode. Bye. Bye.